Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Showtime with Coop. We have another special guest, uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas. And before I'm going to let him talk, I'm going to kind of... Uh, jerk his chain a little bit. You know what I say? I was a big fan of yours uh, when you were in college. We're going to get more into that. But you are joining Showtime with Coop. This is called Insightful BS with some of my Laker friends and my NBA legends. And Ari has the first question for you. Well, for me, you know, first of all, I love your work on television. You do great insight. Um, and I work in, in sports radio and, and for a long time and have. And, you know, it's rare to get, you know, a combination of great player who also brings great insights that really make you think. And, you know, I, I obviously recognize your relationship over the years with Bill Simmons, but when I read the book of basketball, the book of basketball by Bill Simmons, the entire premise of the book is centered on the secret to basketball, which Isaiah, you told Bill Simmons had nothing to do with basketball. It has, it's about everything else. It's about the plane rides. It's about the dinners. It's about, and I, in my entire life in sports analysis, it doesn't matter what we're talking about, whether it be basketball, football, baseball, whatever. I just find that to be so insightful and instructive. And I just wanted to start to speak to that. The idea of everybody thinks about the analytics and what happens between the lines, but the truth of the matter is it's all about everything else. Yeah, it it truly is. It's about the things that, that bring analytics to life. Um, You know, what, what allows uh, you to to have a successful play or to score two points or to have a, a successful defensive transition and a stop? You know, the, the uh, analytics uh, only truly judges the end result, but it never gives you the, the, the how and the why it happens. Uh, it just gives you, you know, basically uh, the, the, the finality of, of what happened. And so what I always try to do is just really go back to the basics, break it down, uh, you know, to the fundamentals of, of your personhood, your relationships, how you feel about each other, the trust that you build with uh, your teammates, the trust you build with your coaches that allows you to go out and implement those things out on the floor that we call a game plan. You know what, Isaiah, I'm going to go back a little bit to where it all got started on the, in, in Chicago for you. Um, what gave you the motivation or who motivated you to become um, – was basketball your first love, football, baseball? No, actually, football was my first love. Um, <laughs> okay. and if, if you remember when we were growing up, uh, the NBA wasn't on television. It truly was all about football and about the NFL and the AFL at that time. Who did you idolize as a football player? Um, Gail Sayers, um, you know, when, when he was with the Bears, uh, Gail Sayers, and then as time went on, uh, idolized those Raider teams, uh, with, with Kenny Stabler. And, uh, and, and then when you went to, you know, you went to the Cowboys, you went to the Steelers, watching them go back and forth, um, you know, Starback, uh, Calvin Hill, Drew Pearson, 
And then on the other side, you had Lynn Swan, Stalwart, uh, Stallback. Uh, so you, I mean, uh, Bradshaw. So watching football and growing up, you really was, I was truly a football fan. Uh, what position would you like, what, what position do you think you would have excelled at? I was a wide receiver, um, DB, and also a quarterback. But I was, I was Fran Tarkenton as a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, uh, they would say hike and I would scramble. <laughs> well, my favorite, I, I like you, I like football too. Cleveland Browns was my favorite team. Yeah. And great. Paul Warfield. I always wanted yeah. to be a wide receiver like him. War number 42 for him. And I was out on the playground playing Isaiah on the field and I jumped in the air because he used to make these acrobatic catches. And a guy knocked my feet off from under me, man. Next thing I woke up, everybody was looking, Coop, you alright, man? You okay? And yeah. that ended my football career there. <laughs> <laughs> so you start playing basketball and the love of the game came from it came from my brothers. All my all my brothers played basketball, and you know all the sports were um, seasonal at that time. You never played basketball year round. <clears throat> you never played football year round, so you kind of went with the seasons. Mm-hmm. And whenever my brothers were uh, playing uh, basketball, uh, six brothers, I would always go to the court and watch them play. Uh, I never could get out there and play with them because I was too small. We didn't have babysitters, so they took me everywhere with them. Were you the youngest of the group? I was the youngest, uh, okay. youngest of nine, six brothers, two sisters. Is that one of those like, guys, you have to take your brother with you? <clears throat> oh, do we? No, no, no. My mom, my mom was like, uh, you know, wherever y'all go, y'all all go together. And there wasn't like, no, oh, do we? It was like, okay, yes. mom. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> You know, I said I tell kids today, I got a 15-year-old son, and when we were growing up, I had one younger brother, but I grew up with all my cousins. I grew up with, like, my, I grew up with my grandmother. We had, like, 15 people in the family. And so I had, like, five you know, cousins that were with me, and we used to go from block to block playing different people. You know, we'd get to the park and play outside. They don't, kids today don't understand about the asphalt rule. Yeah, yeah. You don't hit the ground. So you do everything you can to stay up. It ain't like indoors. I'm pretty sure it was the same way for you. Absolutely. And and not only the the asphalt rule, you don't you don't fall on the ground. The two things you do, and if you hit the ground, you gotta you gotta roll with it, right? You just can't like I see people falling that coop and it's like you know they've never <laughs> played outside because they be falling hard, man. <laughs> they be taking full on body blows when they fall. I mean, they don't know how to fall and, and, and kind of roll with it. And the other thing is when you hit the ground, you never stayed on the ground. Exactly. You had to get up quick and be like, nah, I'm, I'm all right. You know, you didn't want to, you didn't want anybody to know that you were hurt, uh, because that gave the opponent an advantage to know that you were hurt. But now you see a guy fall on the ground and they, they lay there for days like, oh. <laughs> And they do this to get their teammates to come help them up. Yeah. I, that, that bothers me to no end in the NBA. Uh, but so you go to high school and you find yourself with the choice between other schools and Indiana. Why Indiana? My mom made the choice for me to go to Indiana. I mean, uh. You've been knowing that Bobby Knight was like that? She, 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 <laughs> she, 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 A, she wanted me to get out of Chicago, but B, she wanted a coach that wasn't going to give me everything. And see, I didn't realize at that time in, in high school, um, you know, how, how good a player you were. 
because you know you're still competing with everybody and and everybody wants to pamper you give you this give you that and and of course being a teenager you want everybody to give you this and give you that she wanted me to basically have someone that was a gonna still instill the discipline uh that she had instilled and that my dad had instilled in the house but yet be able to stay on the path educationally but not be given everything but have to work for it and i think that's why she chose uh indiana and coach knight for me was academics preached hard in your family academics was preached hard in your family that that was that was the only thing that was really preached my father hated uh basketball football he hated entertainment uh, he was like, the only way we're going to get out of poverty, the only way you're going to get out of this is, is through education. And so, uh, you know, education was preached heavily in the household. You had to read every day. You had to read every night. And then you had to get tests on the things that you read. What did you wow. know about Bobby Knight before you went to Indiana? And, and I mean, what was your relationship with him like? And obviously over the years too. See, I knew he was, a, I knew he was a great coach. And you have to remember Quinn Buckner, who was all of our heroes growing up in Chicago. He went to Indiana and Quinn Buckner went undefeated. Listen to this. Quinn Buckner went undefeated in high school and then goes to Indiana and is undefeated in college. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so Quinn, you know, when Quinn would, would walk in, like, you know, Music would start playing like, Ta-da, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how revered Quinn Buckner was. So, when Quinn Buckner went to to Indiana, everyone in uh, Chicago was like, "Okay, we followed two teams. We followed Indiana and we followed Notre Dame." I say, I'm gonna say this, and don't take it personal, okay? Bobby Knight was an asshole, man. Yeah, I could not yeah, have played yeah. for him. How did you handle that, though? I mean, the screaming was it all the time? Cool. So was Lambeer. <laughs> We're going to get to him in a minute, but that was Bobby Knight. <laughs> no, but, but, but he screamed, but this is what he was screaming. Hey, you better than him. Don't take that from him. You, but he was very demonstrative, right? Mm-hmm. And, and very, you know, and, and, and when people would see it, the, the announcer would be like, Oh, Bobby's really giving it to him, but he would be, he would be saying, look, the whole week, we, we practice. This is what the guy's getting ready to do. And damn, he just did that to you. Don't let him do that. And that, that's, that's was the conversation. So that's why you can hear it and not necessarily pay attention to him being so demonstrative because you knew what was coming out of his mouth were the things that, that he was trying to help you get better at. So this guy wouldn't you were playing against wouldn't take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. Coop, there was a guy that played at Illinois by the name of Reno Gray. Now you know all of us have one guy. Did you know <laughs> Reno Gray? Coop, I couldn't do nothing with him, man. Coop, he was averaging like six points, but when he saw Isaiah Thomas, just mark it down. It was twenty-four. <laughs> and and he would kill me and I couldn't do nothing with him. And Coach Knight that's the only guy Coach Knight would really just be like, hey, you, I understand you can't do nothing with this guy. So I'll, I'll put Jimmy Thomas in. Hopefully he can handle it. I'm going to tell you, from the outside, it always looked like he was cursing y'all out. And that yeah. was my fear. I did not want to go anywhere to a coach like that. But Oh, uh, Coach, you the love you, you, you the love playing for Coach Knight. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was, yeah, was he a teacher, though, in practice? 
really yeah, good because defensively, and, and I've watched you, you know, I admired, you know, you for a long time. And I knew the type of pride that you took defensively and how you prided yourself on shedding people down and then not only shedding them down, but mentally wearing them down. You would have loved playing for Coach Knight. I mean, absolutely. You you and he would have been like hand in glove. Well, you know what? I, I think I had a similar coach in Coach Ellenberger at New Mexico. This guy was just uh, tenacious on defense. Coop, you got to get up in them and you got to be them. And yeah, so yeah. I kind of uh, kind of understand what you're saying. So you finish up at uh, Indiana and uh, you go, you get drafted by Detroit. Mm-hmm. What was that like coming into the NBA? It, it was well, y'all y'all had just won the the, the, mm-hmm. the had just won a championship, and Magic was the MVP. And and that summer, I got a chance to to barnstorm and hang around with Magic, George Gervin, and Dr. J. So I'm playing that whole summer with them. We going from town to town, and Magic telling stories about you know y'all winning everything, right? And so now the season starts, and I don't know if you remember this, but we played y'all in an exhibition game, uh, my, my rookies. <laughs> and I'll never forget <laughs> this, man. This is, right? We're in the Silver Dome, and, and Magic throws, no, no, Magic throws it in, and I come back to double on Kareem. And Kareem looks me dead in my eye just like this, Coop. He goes, is this your man? NFL football continues on this week which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings and you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline no matter how schedules change or players that play BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest update odds in the industry there are always more options to wager than anywhere online. You can check out NBA future bets, see what the title odds are for the Lakers heading into the 2021 season, or player prop bets. They're all there. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sports book expert. Is this your man? <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh man, this is this 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 is this is a different level of play. But I will say this: having the opportunity, my rookie season, and my first, you know, four, five, six years to follow the Lakers and to follow you guys around in your ups and downs. And I never forget. I never forget. And I don't know if you remember this, Coop. But when y'all lost to the Celtics, was it in – did y'all lose to them in – 84. 84. 84. When y'all lost them in 84, I don't know if you remember, but I was at y'all team exit meetings. Oh, no. I, yeah, I do remember and, that. And and I and I never forget, like, like the, the heartache and the pain and everything that all of you had, how quiet that room was, and, and um, I think um, – James Ingram had come out with the song, Just Once. Yeah. Can we figure yep. out what we keep doing wrong? And, and, and just watching y'all go through that and, and taking notes and learning, man, y'all taught, y'all taught me, y'all taught the Pistons, y'all and the Celtics taught us how to be champions, how to win and, and how to get up from adversity. 
uh, was 84 the year that, that Worthy threw the ball away yep. on the yep. sideline and Gerald Henderson intercepted? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, <laughs> think about this, Coop. That series, he Worthy threw the ball away, and I think Magic dribbled out the shot clock. Now, I come back years later, guess what? I make the same exact play. Wow. I throw the ball away. Bird steals it. They lay it up. But if I don't watch Worthy get up, if I don't watch Magic get up, if I don't watch the Lakers get up, I'm still trying to figure out, man, what happened to me. But watching y'all go through it, y'all taught us how to be champions, man. Definitely. And I've told people this because I remember seeing you in the, in the locker room at a lot of games, and you were always kind of like standing in the corner. And I said, you know what? That guy is here for a reason. And I knew you were close friends. You and Magic were really close friends. But I said, you know what? He's just looking and watching. And as you go through your rough times, like Jordan did in Chicago, the one thing I always admire about you, too, is that y'all didn't, and I don't necessarily call it running away to win a championship, but you guys were learning how to win a championship. The pieces that you had to have, the the uh, the individual players that needed uh, to help you win a championship. So you guys get there. And every year you're losing to Boston, you have your rough times against Chicago, you have your rough times against Philly, but eventually the bad boys start making waves. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the individual personnel to making up of the bad boys. We had Rick Mahorn on here about a month ago. Rick, <laughs> fucking hilarious, man. Has it changed a bit? <laughs> a little bit about that. I want to hear from your point of view, you being a leader and a captain of that team. I, I looked at it, Coop, that, that, you know, Y'all, y'all were the Ivy Leagues. Y'all were Yale and Harvard. And we had to go to school to learn from Boston and LA. Y'all, y'all were the two champions and, and y'all were the teachers. And, and every, and everything that y'all were doing, again, I was in there just, just taking notes and trying to emulate and bring back to our team and saying, okay, this is, this is how you build tradition. This is how you build culture. This is how you make people accountable. But more, more importantly, watching Boston and watching LA was like, this is how you allow others to become better in their roles and excel in their roles and be champions in their roles. And you don't have to have it all for yourself. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Kareem and I'm like, you know, I remember in 1970, this was Lou Alcindor. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, what? Oh, I remember him in UCLA and, you know, the, the whole thing, you know, the controversy around the 60th Olympics, him not going. And all of a sudden, Kareem is like talking to me. <laughs> and so, yeah. but, but watching Kareem, and, and forgive me for saying this, but watching Kareem allow all of you to grow and be champions. And he himself never acted like, oh, I'm the man, I'm the best, I'm this, I'm that. And then Magic coming along and then helping, like seeing Magic, like, get excited. Who's that little boy that just went by? Tell him. That's my son. (laughs) (laughs) Isaiah, he ain't little. He's six three. (laughs) Oh, man, man. Well, hey, we all now, so everybody. Exactly. <laughs> but but watching Magic get so excited about giving you an Ali Oop or a Byron Scott scoring a point, you know. And if you remember, Coop, my first couple of years in the NBA, I was killing people, scoring and everything else. But then 
I remember we played you a couple of times and Magic would have like 10 points, 12 points. But he dominated the whole game. Yeah. He, he would shoot the ball six times and I mean, totally dominate the game. Like in every, every box. And you like, man, Magic killed us tonight. And then you look at the statue, you're like, yeah, he only had 10 points. <laughs> you know, so learning how to win, learning how to play chess. So that's that's what I learned from you guys, and you guys were brilliant at it. And you know what? I also think the biggest thing that, and you really can't say Magic without saying Larry Bird or Larry without saying Magic, because they changed the way the game was played. But they really made it important on what the word team meant. Yeah. Together, everyone achieves more. And that was the one thing that we talked about every year is that everybody's roles had to expand. And as you guys went through those turbulent times and started becoming that team in the East. And, you know, it was uh, black and blue basketball. You get Bill Lambeer, who I fucking can't hate to this day, but I still <laughs> respect the guy. You get Rick Mahorn. You get Joe Dumars. You get Benny Johnson. And now you guys got what they call a three-headed monster in the guard at backcourt, kind of like what we had in Boston had that. Did you guys get along, you, J.D., and Benny? How was your relationship? Oh yeah, we had, we had great relationships. And the reason why we had great relationships, again, is because we had a chance to watch, I had a chance to watch y'all. I, I had a chance to watch the Celtics and, and, and mirror that. So I understood how important it was to have a great relationship, to go out to dinner, right? To hang together. And, and when the other one got going, to take a step back and say, Hey man, it, it, it's your turn tonight. Go ahead, go ahead, get yours. Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing that I love about the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Pistons right now, Coop, you can go to all our teams and everybody know our eighth, ninth, and tenth man on the roster. Yep. Now that, that, that's when you're talking about, okay, that's, that's what a team was all about. I mean, People know John Sally, and John Sally was only averaging six points. People know, you know, Mahorn, Buddha, and all that. So everybody knows, like, one through ten on all of our championship teams, just like yours. Everybody contributed. Everybody was collective together. And, and to me, that that's what basketball was all about. So, you know, having those relationships with Vinny and Joe, and we were all small, so we all had attitude. Because at the time, yeah, because at the time the league had gone to all big guards. I mean, yep. you were six six, Magic was six nine. Then you had Sidney Moncrief, Paul Pressey, Reggie Theus. Nobody really had a small guard or small backcourts. We were the only ones, and 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 every play was a pick and roll play. <laughs> you know, y'all kill with that there. Y'all absolutely kill with that, but. Um... Uh, okay, so now you guys are fighting your way to the East to becoming one of the teams to compete against. How did the Jordan rules come about? We now we, first of all, Isaiah, before you start, I thought that was a bullshit because y'all were trying to hurt him. But I want to hear from, <laughs> from you. But you know what? Back then it was intimidate like him, hey, intimidate him, coop, intimidate him. Listen, you hit that paint, you got to touch the ground, man. And that was <laughs> we was trying to hurt him. I see. Now wait a minute. I seen the tape. I was at the game. I saw the shit that you was doing to Bird. I saw Bird. I saw Bird come off a screen on the baseline, 
is his whole shirt <laughs> was pulled to one side. Not only was his whole shirt pulled to one side, but your fingernails. He had he had four fingernail wounds. On they used to bite head. my fingers, so it wasn't me back then. So I'm, so I'm just saying, well, I'm like, time out. I'm I'm watching Mikhail snatch Rambis out of the air, body slam him to the floor. I'm watching ML Carr walk across the line looking at you doing this. <laughs> I said, we live by Malcolm X Creed, by any means necessary, baby. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, time out. Don't even. Oh, y'all was trying to hurt him. Wait, I remember coming down the lane, and at that time, my best friend, Magic Johnson, <laughs> his forearm, and you remember this, put it right in my face while I'm up in the air. Come on, man. What, what are you talking about? Well, tell us about Jordan Rule. Where are they learning from? Okay, Where are they okay. learning from, Coop? I just, want, I, just want to, I just want to set the table first. Okay. Right. So, the, so the Jordan Rule simple was this, right? We knew that he had a difficult time going left. So we would force him left. And and then we would come in trap. And at that time, Coop, you know, he was a very reluctant passer. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and sometimes he would force and take bad shots with two people on him. And until Phil Jackson came, Phil Jackson convinced him that he got to start using his teammates. So what we did is we just played to his weaknesses in terms of forcing him left, trapping him, making him take bad shots. And when he did throw it to his teammates, they hadn't shot the ball in so long that they were cold. Now, in terms of when he was going to the basket, we knew that his he had a genetic gift. And and I look at when I'm a small guy, so I look at you, I look at Magic, I look at Bird, I look at, you know, Jordan, I say, okay, y'all got y'all got genetics over me. Y'all got height, and then Jordan had a genetic gift of, you know, he had a 49-inch vertical. So when he got up in the air, you know, you, you can't do nothing with that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like same moves that y'all had, same moves that Boston had. You know, when somebody goes to the basket, as opposed to letting them dunk or get a shot off, that's a for sure to. You send them to the line, and maybe you split one. So we just played the percentages, and that those really were the Jordan rules. But we had the Jordan rules, we had the Kareem rules, we had the Magic rules, we had the Bird rules. It just so happened that you know, Sam Sam Smith wrote a book called The Jordan Rules. So everybody think that there was only you know the Jordan rules, but hey, I watch y'all play the the San Antonio Spurs. Y'all had the George Gervin rules. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you, if you didn't have it, Ice was gonna score forty on you. <laughs> yeah, so, so every, you know the best player always has the defensive rules yeah. set against him, and 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 now so the Jordan rules became a catchy thing. But you know we had Magic rules, we had Kareem rules. You know that was. That's just how it went. Speaking of big physical, Coop, you, were you guys going after his ankle in 88, in the 88 finals? Is, did that happen well, with you guys? Now, I was just getting ready to get to that, all right, because I got to lay the, like he laid the groundwork before that. I got to lay the groundwork. <laughs> okay, before okay. Okay, we, we see them in 88, okay, and we're playing them. Isaiah twisted his ankle. Now, what people see is that Isaiah had, what was it, 27 and a quarter? 
It wasn't all on me, Ari. That shit was not all on me. I didn't start. I, I didn't start. I, Byron Scott started. So I'm going to say of those 27, I might have caught 10, so I think I would look a bit better. But you know what, Isaiah? That was probably uh, the best performance. And, I, you know, we've been around in this league, and we've seen many great players. I mean, I – I, I was there when George Gervin, uh, Pat Riley didn't pick him in the All-Star and George, we saw San Antonio the, the very first game after the All-Star break, Gervin gave us 45. So I've seen people that can score, but for somebody that was considered, so they say small, which you weren't, you just small in stature, but the fucking game spoke for itself to see somebody do that. And I mean, I was playing you as hard as I could. I, I I was never really a physical player, but I mean, I was giving you all that. Uh, the way you scored was so easy. What did it feel like being in the zone? Because you were in the fucking zone, man. I mean, I, I did everything I possibly could. Cool. I said, okay, well, I understand. You know, it's hard to explain. So. <laughs> no, but, but, but Cooper, I, I've been asked that question a lot. And, and to this day, my, my answer is I don't, I don't know what happened. I, I really don't. Because as you can see, I never replicated it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you, you know, some, something happened where, you know, you, you got into the zone, the, the, the spirit came, you, you, you got the Holy Ghost or whatever it was. But, but you I did this like, and you were injured, Isaiah. It's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I, I wanted to win so bad. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and we have been through, so much pain to get there. And all I kept thinking about was, uh, you know, what I went through as a child. You know, I was like, you know, I was watching people like die, you know, getting murdered, going to people. So all those things, actually, when I was laying there on the, on the floor, I was watching, you know, kind of all those things play back, you know, those painful memories that you had. And, and it was like, I, I can't stop. I, I got to get up. I got to, I got to try it. And then when I went back out on the floor, Hey man, something happened where it just—I I can't explain it. I, I'm glad it happened, um, but you know, I, I, I Coop, I really can't explain it. I don't. Well, I'm gonna give you that game because we ended up winning the championship. But I'm gonna tell you yeah. one shot that the next year, though. Straight one up shot that Coop, that straight up cheated. <laughs> Come on, man. Kareem was not fouled. Kareem <laughs> was not fouled. Well, you know what? If Bill didn't have the the uh, uh, the, um, the reputation, yeah, the reputation of being so physical when he wasn't shit, he wouldn't have got that call. But the one shot that irks me the most, Isaiah, in, in that run that you had in the third quarter, I was guarding you and I was pushing you to your left. And they took a picture of this. I've seen this in many articles and stuff like that. But that fallaway jump shot that you hit from the baseline side, that bothers me because – that particular uh, individual possession, I thought I had played the best defense of my entire career, and you still got that shot off and hit all net. Now, I just want you to know to this day that you always have something on me that bothers me. Uh, sometimes that keeps me up at night, and um, I'm going to figure out a way, some kind of way, whether I trip you and block your shot by accident when we get older, because uh, I'm in my late 60s now, so I don't jump anymore. But you know what? That was a tremendous game, Isaiah. I give you kudos for that, brother. Uh, but that bothered me. Well, you know, Coop, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you still feel that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, I'm, uh, and, and, it, and it warms my heart to know that you, you, you having them nightmares. And, and, and the next time we get out on the court, 
I'm gonna make sure that I try to have a replay of that moment again for you. Replicate that shot. That ain't gonna happen. Well, I, I guarantee you I won't be as close as I was then because I just had a hip replacement because my joints are falling apart. But uh uh to finish this off real quick, Isaiah. So the next year we come back, we're looking to be the first team to three peat in the longest. We had won in eighty seven, we beat you guys in eighty eight. Whether it's a cheating or not, we still won the series. And yeah. then we see you guys in 89. We were so primed to come to, to Detroit. That first game we get there, we're really, really hyped up. Pat got us going. Byron Scott tears his hamstring in practice. And we're like, um, damn. Okay. All right. We, we got this. We got this. So the next day we go to shoot around. Ball goes up. Well, before I do that, why did you and Magic kiss? Well, we used to, we used to always hug each other, right? Yeah. And it, it's like, and it's like we, we were friends early on when we met. Mm-hmm. But then it's like we became brothers and we, we became, you know, with each other's family. And you know, when you meet your family, you don't give them a handshake. Yeah. You, know, you always gave them a hug and you gave them a kiss. So we started treating each other like brothers as opposed to treating each other like friends. And I, I respected that. I really did. But the ball goes up. Magic dribbles down the court. Tears his ham. What, what was Detroit thinking at that time? We get ready to murder y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you what we were thinking. That's exactly what we were thinking. We were okay, I'm going to tell you what we were thinking when Magic went down. This is just my personal thoughts. And I've, I've, James and I have talked about this. I said, you know what? We can ready to get our ass towed up. <laughs> and, uh, but the one thing I was very happy about our team, Wait, I'm I, very happy about our team, I, 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 every I, game, that four series, we would leave y'all at halftime. When we went at halftime, almost, yeah, every game, Every game, we were up at halftime on y'all, whether it be by 10 or 6 or something. You guys just wore us down, wore us down, and uh got your first championship. Well, I, I looked at it this way, Coop. I, I know y'all thought that y'all was going to come and win. Now, you guys think about our mindset, right? Yep. So the year before, we thinking that, I'm, and I'm definitely thinking, if I don't get hurt, game six is a wrap. Y'all, y'all lose game six. <laughs> And, and we win it in six, right? Yeah. They ended up beating us in seven. I really don't play in game seven. Y'all win game seven by three points mm-hmm. on y'all floor in L.A. Phantom fall. So now all the pain that y'all have went through in 84, I'm replaying. Now, now I'm going wow. back, and I'm saying this how they bounced back. This what they did that summer. So now I'm carrying that pain and that anger with me the whole year. I know you felt it when y'all walked out on that palace floor. Man, we, we, we was, we already, we weren't talking about playing basketball. We physically came to eat your liver. Like we, (laughs) we, we was, we was, we was just like, Hey man, there's no way y'all are going to win. And, and the intensity and the hunger that we was playing with on every single possession, it, it just won no way. Now, this is what I do know. I was scared too. <laughs> because, because remember, I have, I have watched Magic, you, Kareem, Worthy bounce back. Yeah. And I knew the, 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 
the force that y'all can bounce back with. So I was prepared for that type of force. But at the same time, I know we didn't have the talent, the real talent, to match a Magic at his best, a Kareem at his best, and a Worthy at his best. Our talent level couldn't raise that high. But at the same time, our hunger and our intensity could match that and shut that down. And that's what and, we and, and, and y'all had depth. I think that yeah. was a big thing. Yeah. Y'all could go nine, ten deep. Yes. Rick Mahorn uh, made a joke about Tony Campbell. He said, Cook, we knew we were going to whoop y'all's ass when we looked down there and saw Tony Campbell coming into the game. I was like, Rick, okay, calm down. It's all right. <laughs> when y'all put Tony Campbell on me, because y'all didn't want – yeah. It's like, it's like, when, when I saw Tony Campbell on me, I was like, come on, we used to call him TikTok. I was like, oh, you know what you mean, TikTok. Come on, man. Hey, Isaiah, we're at the point of the show where I call, you're in Coop's Lightning Round. I'm going to give you six names and just give me a little bit of, about them, okay? Okay. Uh, Dave Bean. Woo. Mentor, role model, uh, great player. But mentor, role model, off the floor, brought me into the Players Association, gave me the first start of being a president of the Players Association, and then, you know, he went on to become the mayor of Detroit. We've already talked about Bob Knight, but give us something else, a little bit more about him. Uh, critical thinker. Uh, he always said mental is the physical as four is to one. It's wow. a thinking man's game. And if you can outthink your opponent, you can beat your opponent. Chuck Daly. Uh, definitely a smooth dresser, but also, you know, um, uh, someone who grew with us when we were young. And then he let us become fathers and husbands. And so he was able to, to hold on. And as we got older, Coop, right, he was able to let go. Which was, was, which was brilliant, you know, and genius of him to be able to do that and understand our maturation. Uh, well, Rick, his name was Daddy Rich, Papa Rich. That's Rich. Daddy, Daddy Rich. Rich. That's okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> Jack McCloskey. Jack McCloskey, tough as nails. I, I got to tell this story about Jack McCloskey. Um, so we, we, we having our battles with, with, with Boston, uh, as we up and coming. So we go to the All-Star game, I believe. Um, I'm not sure where the All-Star game was that year. But it's me, Joe Dumars, and Jack McCloskey on the elevator. The elevator door opens. Red Arback walks in. And Joe and I standing in the back thinking that Jack and Red are at least going to say hello, shake hands, or whatever. Do you know that whole elevator ride we rode down and neither one of them looked at each other, acknowledged each other, or said hello. They got off the elevator. Joe and I looked at each other, and it was like, okay, we we understand how this really is now. Like they were complete strangers, like they had never met. Jack McCloskey, you know, when when you talk about the, the heart and soul of the Detroit Pistons and the toughness, bad boys, all that, that came strictly from Jack McCloskey. Uh, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, uh, I mean, unbelievable, gifted, talented, uh, the most, I mean, we had never seen an athlete like him in our league. Yeah. You know, it was Dr. J, uh, but then Jordan came in and it was like, we, 
we can't keep up with him when he was on the ground, but when he jumped, yep, yep. Just like, you know, Michael Jordan became an unbelievable champion. Not only did he become an unbelievable champion, but what he did for our game, Coop, he took our game and, and, and not only domestically improved it, but internationally introduced the game on a global scale that made it all possible for us to really earn the type of livings that we earn in. Mm-hmm. He exploded with basketball. I mean, there, there's two players that I think you really have to give credit to for, for expanding the, 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 the boundaries of the basketball world. That's Michael Jordan and LeBron James. What they have done internationally for all sport and monetarily for all sport, you know, there's no, there's been no two players like them before. Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson, uh, Operation Push, Operation Breadbasket. Um, he and Fred Hampton, uh, they used to always feed us on the west side and the south side of Chicago. Um, you know, he's a civil rights leader, icon, and, and, and he doesn't get enough credit for what he did in terms of changing politics. So when we look at the electoral college, the reason why Barack Obama can become president of the United States is because when Reverend Jackson ran for president and they changed the whole electoral colleges and how it works, it really gave everybody an equal chance and an opportunity to become president. And Reverend Jackson, he may have lost in 84, but what he did in terms of changing the politics behind it and the system, most importantly, the system of how you elect a president, mm-hmm. he don't get enough credit for what he did. Are you out telling people about this, young kids? Absolutely, I do. Opportunity? Yes, I do. Every every chance I get, I let it be known. Isaiah. I want to thank you, thank you, thank you, sir. Really appreciate it. Have you ever heard of Masterclass? Uh, that's Oprah's Masterclass. I've heard of that, yes. Okay, well, there's so mm-hmm. many things that you could do on this Masterclass. You know how to play tennis? I ain't messing with you on no tennis, man. I heard. Okay. Well, no, I don't play tennis, Isaiah, but Serena Williams can teach you how to play. Do you uh, like music? I like. Herbie Hancock can teach you how to play the piano. And I they like, got so many. So I like tennis and I like music, yes. They have a plethora of things that you can do on these 10 minute long lessons and it's master class that can get you there. Okay. Well, I'll try it. Is, is, is there a website or something? You go to master. I'll get you the website master class offering classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class masters at the top of their field. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons, usually around 10 minutes long. Members can explore at their own pace and each class is supported by downloadable materials lessons, recipes, or more. Hundreds of video lessons from 90-plus of today's most brilliant minds are available anytime, anywhere on iOS, Android, Desktop, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and Roku. A James Beard award-winning chef, Grammy-winning artist, St. Vincent, former FBI lead international kidnapping negotiator, Chris Voss. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to play tennis with Serena Williams. Learn music piano lessons with Herbie Hancock. Basketball skills with Steph Curry. 
With over 90 classes with a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. The class that I chose was Steph Curry's ball handling and dribbling skills. What a great way to learn how to cross over, dribble between your legs, keep your balance, and shoot good three-point shots. I think you'll love it once you check it out. As a Showtime with Coop listener, you can get an annual membership to Masterclass and give one to someone else for free. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass for you and a friend right now. Just go to masterclass.com slash showtime. That's masterclass.com slash showtime. Oh, one think, last thing, Isaiah. You think Coop should be in the Hall of Fame, Isaiah? Oh, they whole Laker team should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, <laughs> when you look at champions, right? You know, the way they the way they judge individual players and take them away from their team, you can't have success without your team. So, as much as you want to talk about Kareem, you can't talk about Kareem and Magic without mentioning Cooper and Scott. Just can't do it. And I'm sorry, and, and, and worthy. My last uh, question for you, Isaiah. Have you always had that nice smile? Did you have that when you were little? Yeah, that's why I had to fight a lot. But Isaiah, listen, man, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being on Showtime with Coop. Appreciate it. Now I can say I got two bad boys in my back pocket. I'm trying to find them other ones. <laughs> John Sally's the last one I'm looking for. Uh, but, again, thank you, Isaiah. Thank you, thank you. Hey, thank you, and, and I love you and appreciate you for, for all the lessons that y'all gave me along the way and just letting me, letting me learn from y'all. So thank you.